Okay. Oh, are we? This is it. We're already recording. Oh. We've been recording this whole time. It's all good. Good. This is good talk. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to Heating Up Podcast. A podcast about our dangerous future, climate change, and what you can do about it. All right. Uh, my name's Corinne. This is my brother, Derek. That's me. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Welcome. This is, uh, what, week three? Week three. Yeah, if you're already, if you're still listening. <sighs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, if you're still listening. <laughs> Hi, uh, please, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please uh, like, subscribe, uh, review. Share. Share. Whatever tell your friends the... all about us. Uh, yeah. Tag us. Teach us know. how. That, yeah, we don't know how we're doing we don't it. Know. All right. Anyways, uh, what have you been up to, Kren? Uh Again, watching True Detective. Still? Oh, I guess it's still going new, on, right? New, it's like new episode. It's not a Netflix thing. It's not every. No, they, yeah. no, it's like real TV. Oh God, that's so old. It's terrible. Um, Got to wait a week. I know. Uh, what I'll do is I'll rewatch the episode. Like, oh, that's what that was. I didn't make sense the first time. Got it. Uh, just doing that and working. Same old. How about you? Oh, uh, you know, uh, working. Uh, you listening to any pod- good podcasts? Uh, good? My Favorite Murder. Still favorite listening murder. to that. Yeah. Love it. I do like that you were introduced to that on our road trip this summer. Yeah. And you hated it. Uh, you- it was, okay, it was unbearable at first. The constant jabbering for 30 minutes before the podcast began. When you don't have any reference to these people beforehand, how do you care about their 20 minutes of talking? It's impossible. Uh, but and I, at, at first, I just would skip. Skip the beginning, skip the beginning, and then I would listen to them actually tell the murder stories. But eventually... Straight to the murder. Straight, straight to the murder. Uh, and then eventually they grew on me as human beings and as podcast friends, uh, which are... One of them's from Sacramento. No, she's not from Sacramento. Well, she she lives in Sacramento, Sacramento and she We're talks claim it. hella from, trash about us. Well, she's from Northern California, so she is she's from Petaluma. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did you like my... I said hella trash. She yeah. talks hella trash on Sacramento. Um... But yeah, so I I did hate it at first and then grew to like it and started listening to everything. Good. And then started watching Conan Needs a Friend a bit too. So. Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes of that. That's yeah, good. Right. I've, uh, I've been listening to The Illusionist. I've heard of that. Oh, it's a great podcast for nerds. Uh, it's a podcast about like words. Ugh, yeah. great. So, it, it, but it's better than that? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's the tagline you have to say about almost every podca- podcast. It's like, oh, it's about, you know... They're uh, retelling murders. Yeah, it's all about murder, but it's funny. Or They talk for about... 45 minutes about nothing, their own lives, usually therapy, but yeah, it's pretty good, too. Oh, uh, you ready for the news? <gasps> Do we have to? Can we skip this? Pass. I've already hit my limit. Uh, this week, we're not. Gonna, there's not a lot of bad news. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to do it a little different. I'm going to make it a little easier for you. Okay. We're going to call it uh, good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. It's yeah. all. Is it all actually bad news? No. No, there's good news. Okay. Uh, there's some bad news. Though. Right. Okay. So we'll start out. Uh, good news. We got a lot of rain and snow this week. Yeah, what's the bad news, Derek? Well, I mean, good, let's celebrate the good news for a second. <laughs> okay, but it completely for not because the ground is impermeable? Well, we got like 100% of our snowpack, and that's real important. Right. Uh, uh-huh. And we got a lot of rain. Uh-huh. That's good. Uh, the bad news is, yeah, it did rain where there were fires beforehand. And so because the ground has no anything living on it, that's uh, prone to mudslides and floods. So... People in places that had the fires are now having to deal with the double whammy of mudslides. In fact, uh, Southern California, where the hill fire hit, they've been evacuated twice now for mudslides. So 
Oh, yeah, there's a bad news situation going on there, too. Mm. Yeah. Uh, high winds knocked out power as well for thousands uh, temporarily this weekend. So, bad news. All right. See, now right. I can see what your good news, bad news is. It's yeah. the good news, and then it's like, just kidding. It'd be good news if it weren't for this. Well, all right. Good all news. Right. Oh, cool. Good. I'm really excited. <laughs> good news. Uh, polar vortex likely to knock back many invasive species. Okay, but also wipe out completely. Well, yeah, no, okay. you you let me do. You didn't want to research the news, so you let me <laughs> tell the news. I already know it. All right, insects like the cold hardy emerald ash borer could see mass die-offs, but survivors could have hardier offspring. Is the, mm, the it's like the uh, uh, what is that? The antibiotic resistant like, yeah, UTI or something. If you live in the Midwest or anywhere, you might be aware already of the. Uh, like I said, the ash borer, which is some beetle from China or Asia that is, like, killing all the ash trees. Oh, don't we have a beetle like that up We've got here? one here, but it's hitting the pine trees. Pine trees. Um, but we don't have the polar vortex, so it's just still killing them. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. But in the Midwest, this similar beetle is murdering all the ash trees, making its way up north. Uh, but the polar Oak vortex... Oak trees, not ash trees. This one's the ash borer. Yeah, but it doesn't kill ash trees. It kills oak trees. It kills ash trees. I thought you said oak trees. The, oak, the ash bug. The ash bug kills ash trees. You said oak trees. Did I? We'll go over to the tape. I'm confused. We all can right. look Either way, lots of trees being murdered by bugs. And all those bugs don't like the cold. So uh, last time we had a polar vortex, it found that 60 to 70% of the emerald ash borer larvae had perished. Because this year's polar vortex was worse uh, and brought even colder temperatures, the die-off is likely to be considerably larger. Mm. Uh, even maybe Except 80, 90%. Except for the 90%. super strong ones. Uh, yes, the, only the strong survive. But there's also another problem. The bad news there is that despite the polar vortex, heating, global warming is meaning that winters are going to be slightly milder overall. The long-term outlook remains poor. Uh, one climate uh, insect researcher said, quote, the ash species here in North America did not evolve with the ash borer like the Chinese ones did, and eventually all will be killed. Great. Yeah. All of them. All of them. All right. So that was the bad news. You ready yeah. for some good news? Oh, God. Am I? Do I get a pass? I don't get a pass anymore because nope. it's good news, bad Just news. good news, bad news. Great. Because I knew you would jump straight to the fast <laughs> and we'd never do the news. <laughs> All right. Good news. We had, I don't know if you were aware, the shutdown is over. That's not the good news. The good news was that during the shutdown, the elephant seals in Point Reyes decided to oh, seize on the opportunity. They took it over. Yeah. So, so wait a second. Do you, you already know this one? Do you I, want to tell it? No, I don't know the bad news yet. That's all I heard, no, really. The bad news isn't about Point Reyes. Oh, okay. So tell me the Point Reyes. No, story. I don't really know. Just that the seals took over. It's their, it's their land now. Yeah, so Drake's Beach, which is a big public beach up in Point Reyes, yeah. uh, it was closed due to the shutdown. And the elephant seals, which normally stay away because it's full of terrible humans, I decided to come in and, you know, lay around on the beach, and they turned it into a nursery. A bunch of baby elephant seals mm -hmm. were born, which I'm sure are adorable. Mm -hmm. And because they were born there and it's a nursery and they're an endangered species or whatever, the park system is saying, nope, can't come back to the beach till the, till the seal's clear. So they're occupying the beach, and they're not going to clear them out. No pepper spray on the Love beach. Love it. Yeah. Although, because I was going to say, I lived in San Diego for a while, and the seals that were in that, like, nursing cove... Uh, people just, they had to take down the signs and people were going down and messing with them and like, they were trying to get rid of them. And it's like, who wants to swim in this thing? It's full of thousands of years of, of their crap. Like there's shit in all of this water and you people want to kick these seals out that are nursing. That was a real problem. People were seriously mad that they people couldn't. People are the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. That's, that leads us to the bad news. Uh, uh, 
bad news during the shutdown. People decided to take advantage of the fact that there were no rangers on duty in many of the parks and uh, did a lot of damage. So Yeah, they carved in, their names in some trees. Yeah, among other things. In Joshua Tree National Park, uh, one uh, employee was said to say that this might take 300 years to restore the damage. What did they do in Joshua uh, oh, Tree? They, they, they literally tore out some Joshua Trees. So that they could go off-roading in areas where they shouldn't be driving their off-road vehicles. Uh, so yeah, tore down Joshua trees. They graffitied all over stuff. Left trash everywhere. Uh, punched in. What did I? I wrote down the number of trails here somewhere. Uh, no, I didn't. They punched in a bunch of illegal off-road trails. Left trash everywhere. In Death Valley, they drove out onto like the playas, which are like these super uh, delicate microbiomes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but like there's like the racetrack playa. Have you ever seen this? No. It's like this place. It's super flat. And, like, in the winter, there's some science involved, but these giant rocks will, like, slide around on the playa, leaving a little trail behind them. It's really cool to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, well, some assholes decided it was a great idea to, like, do donuts out there on their off-road vehicles. So uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say it was men doing this. Yeah, probably white dudes. Yeah. Uh, Definitely dudes, though. Definitely dudes. I'm going to go ahead and blame men for that. Uh, yeah, so people decided. I mean, decided good news, Josh Tree, not my favorite park. I mean, it has its own rugged desert beauty. That's not your favorite environment. It's You're... not my favorite park. Yeah. So that's the good news. I guess. This is um. my good news corner. <laughs> All right. So that was the bad news. Okay. All right. Other news. We have... <laughs> How many more of these do we got? Two more stories. Christ. Two more good news, bad news? No. Two more just stories. Okay. Do you want the... Just give it to me. Right. Just give it to me All straight. Right. I'm going to give you uh, the species are about to become more infertile than we thought they were. Oh, okay. Okay, so we've all known that rising temperatures is going to do a number on biodiversity. We're realizing now there's another issue that we didn't quite realize was a problem, which is that the driving heat is causing some species to become sterile. How does the heat cause infertility? Literally just fries their eggs inside of them? What's happening? I guess so, yeah. Um... <laughs> But we've been trying to predict where species will be lost due to climate change so they can build suitable reserves and locations that they might need to move to. However, most of the data on when temperature will prevent species surviving in an area is based on the critical thermal limit, the temperature at which they collapse or stop moving and die, according to researchers from University of Liverpool. Not where they start shutting down non-essential activities in their body. Yeah, now they're just apparently not being able to reproduce. So that's a, that's a big problem. Well, you know what? It's always a sign of something starts at the animals and then moves to the humans. So. Yeah. The final story for the news. And My this favorite is the good story. news? Mm, no. There's no. not. That was just bad news. That, that one was just bad news. This one's <laughs> you lied about the good news, bad news. <laughs> we thing. did good news, bad news for a little bit. Now it's just bad news, bad news. Yeah. Okay. Well, this great. one's weird news. Weird, bad. Perfect. Weird, possibly bad news. Definitely bad. Please continue. Well, okay. Uh, you, you decide. So a rare fish has washed up on the shores of Japan this past week. Hmm. Uh, it's called the giant oar fish. Oar. Oar. O-A-R, like row, row, row your boat mm -hmm. oars. And apparently this is a very bad omen. So the oar fish is a deep water fish, like lives in the trenches and such. And so when it washes up on shore or when it's caught in a net, uh, Japanese tradition says this is a sign that tsunamis are coming. Okay. Uh, and there is some evidence, scientific evidence, if... If you don't want to believe the, you know... That there is a relation. Yeah, that people that have lived in a place for thousands and thousands of years know what's going on there. If you, nah. Yeah, if you need <laughs> scientists to tell you something, there is some scientific evidence suggesting that these oarfish may be able to sense seismic activity. Mm -hmm. But regardless, 
the the story goes that they sense it down deep in the ocean on the boat, and then they come up to shore and they like beach themselves, and that gives a forewarning that there's a tsunami coming, meaning an earthquake, right? Back when the Fukushima uh, earthquake happened, oh God, there yeah. are at least 10 of them washed up on shore in the months preceding. Oh, no. So two of them washed up on shore in Japan. It's causing a bit of a panic. And in completely unrelated news, I'm sure, there were 10 earthquakes off the coast of Petaluma this weekend between 3.5 and 5.5. Uh, so small little quakes. Nobody really felt them that much. But it uh, seems like things are heating up on the earthquake department. Even without the fish, though, there have been many stories over the last 10 years about how we're overdue for a giant earthquake on the San Andreas Fault. Right. Uh, they've been saying that since I was a little kid, I remember. Well, yeah, because it's supposed to be like every 100, 150 years, and it's been like 300 years in some areas. Certainly, it's been like 100 years and a little over since the 1912 quake. So, big quake could cause a lot of problems, and uh, only 10% of homes in California are uh, insured for earthquakes. So. Yeah. So San Andreas Fault, how, I know vaguely where it is, but if how big of an earthquake would it have to be to cause, like, catastrophic damage they where we're count at? A major, well, where we're at, yeah. it would have to be huge. huge. We're in, we're, we're in land. Right. But Sacramento is unlikely to be hit. By, we might feel it. We might feel it. we like, what was that? Did it shake? Uh, but if you're in Southern California or the Bay Area, you're likely to feel a major quake. They generally define a major quake as like 7.0 or higher. Mm. Um, and then a serious quake is like 8.0 or higher. And the .0 is like each .1 is like 100 times worse. Ugh, so it's a lot. Some, it's like it grows up like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, exponentially. Exponentially. Yep, that's the word. The last time we had a huge one was a long time ago. The, the 1912 one was the last really super big one. What was the earthquake we had in like... 88 or 89 i don't know what it was but uh i was uh, quite quite young like a baby and yeah. our parents said that uh after having twins they basically you know having one they just forgot about it because you know they just assumed the other person had the baby because otherwise they both had to have a baby when they had twins so they had this earthquake mom and dad rushed out with you two boys got everyone safe and then when uh you got the baby no do you have it Oh, baby's inside. Hold on. They forgot yeah, me entirely. Left you in the house, and, yeah. yeah. But you survived. You're all right. I'm all right. You don't remember it. Maybe it was a plane crash. Maybe it was an earthquake. Do you have knows. a quote from UC Berkeley seismologist? Uh, seismologist. I was like, Scientologist? Yeah. What is this section? <laughs> uh, Peggy Helwig, who said, quote, There is a 99.9% .9 chance that there will be a damaging 7.0 or greater uh, quake somewhere in California in the next 30 years. Those are pretty good odds, huh? Pretty good odds, yeah, <laughs> guys. Yeah, either way, big earthquake is likely to happen with or without the giant oarfish. Uh, so you should, if you live somewhere in California... You have a picture of this giant oarfish? I did! I, I knew, knew you'd want to see a picture. you'd have It's one. a weird fish. It's a long ash fish. Ash fish. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see why they'd call it an oarfish. Kind of oarish. Yeah. Oarfish. We've ended the uh, the news. Great. Ended on a weird. By the one way, you week. lied about the good news, bad news thing. I did mostly good news, bad news. And then it was just bad news, bad news at the end. But that's bad fine. It's yeah. fine. You tricked me good. Bad news, weird news at the mm, end. Okay. Okay. Anyways, end of the news. <laughs> so, last week. We made our list of, you know, big list, mm -hmm. and we did an inventory. Right. Did you do your inventory? Medium. <laughs> yes, medium. All right. Medium. I got some stuff. Some stuff is definitely, like, I've got a half a box of used matches, so, like, some of it will work. As long as you set it aside as your 
prepping matches and not your bath and body works you know hey. needs a you know a bath matches uh, <laughs> i don't know what you do you take your uh you know everybody in every movie takes a nice bath with candles all around them i'm sure you've got a big luxurious tub right. in your studio in apartment, studio apartment. <laughs> yeah i've never taken it you'd have to clean that bathtub so well to take a bath there's no way i'm sure okay anyways uh regardless we already gone over that this uh-huh. week what are we doing this week a simple easy prep that is zero dollars Zero dollars. I wouldn't say it's simple, but it was zero dollars. Well, it's fairly simple. This week is you're going to make a detailed family emergency plan. I have to say, this gives me anxiety. Why does this give you anxiety? (laughs) This is like adult stuff. Grown-ups have family emergency plans, and they come up with them and write them down. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm not a real adult. I'm not uh, prepared. I'm not prepared to prepare. Okay, well... They make it really easy for you to do this. Okay, so we made that list. You're probably feeling, if you're anything like me or Corinne, a little bad about yourself because you'd have like nothing on that list. Wow, I don't have any water in my apartment. We're going to get you really nice and prepared here this week. You're going to have this list done. It's going to take you an hour. You're going to be all done. And And then you'll feel feel better. Yeah, and you're going to make copies of it, and you're going to be all right. So this involves a little bit of information gathering and a little bit of planning, but mm-hmm. this is really important is to have the plan for your communication and then what you're going to do when there's an emergency. Okay. So like, for example, do you know what your spouse's schedule is or well as your school, your kid's school plan? No for, spouse, no kids. Yeah. So like if there's a flood in the town, like what is my kid's school going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I should if I'm going to have to collect my kid, right? Or if they're at home and I'm at work and, you know, there's a fire at the house, where are they supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Right? All these things should be planned out and thought about ahead of time. And that, you know, what's the G.I. Joe thing? Knowing is half the battle, right? Is that what it ha- is? I don't know. Having that plan ahead of time is really important just for every emergency in life. So lucky for us, the, the lovely folks in the federal government, FEMA, uh, who can't save us but can tell us how to save ourselves. Yeah. FEMA has said, basically, we're not going to save you, but I've created this PDF document for you. You can do this, guys. Yeah. We swear. If you go to ready.gov slash make a plan or just ready.gov and you, you click on the top where it says, plan. like, plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty simple to find. They have an actual PDF document that you can print out at home. And just fill in. They have, like, and blank just fill spots. In. Yeah. It's got a checklist on there for everything you need for emergency meeting places and, like, the criteria for them. So, like, decide on a safe, familiar places where your family can go, a place that's indoors, a place that's in your neighborhood, a place that's outside of your neighborhood or outside of your town. So, like, you need one of, one of all of those, Different right? Different scenarios. Exactly. So, it, and yeah, there's a little checklist. So you can check each one off, right? Okay. And then at the end of it, it's got a big list of all of the emergency contacts you could ever think of and you want to write all this stuff down so it's got you know little spaces for you to write down all of your family's name and phone numbers and addresses Um, and then it's got another page for all of the like doctor numbers and pharmacies and probably even want stuff like your work on there yeah work your homeowner's insurance you know number or policy number health insurance yeah uh, your the kennel number for pets things mm-hmm. like that it's got every number you could really possibly need i, oh, I don't want to say possibly but it has it listed there what you should be writing down yeah if you, you don't have had to come this up with these out, important 
uh, ideas to yourself, right? Exactly. In the middle of a crisis, you're not going to be thinking, oh, crap, what's the kennels number? You're going to have it. It's in your binder. Mm -hmm. Boom. Got it. Yeah, so you print out this document that FEMA created at ready.gov, and then fill it out, and then talk about it with your family. It's not, so this is a big one for dudes like me who might want to fill this out on our own and then be like, check, done, and not let, you know, the wife and kids know about it. But they all probably each need their own versions, too. Your kid's going to need a kid-friendly version. Yeah, they have a kid-friendly version on the website. Wow, handy dandy. Yeah, um, and they have little fillable cards that you can print out so that the kid can take it with them in their backpack. They can keep it in their, uh, you know, school folder so that if they're separated, they have the numbers, all this stuff. And it comes with little, like, I'm pretty sure our mom used to write our phone numbers on the inside of our folders at school. Yes. FEMA also has an app to download. What? FEMA has an app? Yeah, you should download that app. Dude, I'm into it. All right. I mean, people will be like, but it's the government on your phone. Let me tell you the something. The government's already on your phone. They already know. Yeah. We <laughs> all know you have your own FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> First off, how much do you think the government is interested in how long you play Angry Birds? Uh, they are not super interested in how many times I can rewatch 30 Rock. I can exactly. tell you that. Uh, second off, the FEMA app is not spying on you. And even if it is, it's not the only way they're spying on you. Don't worry about it's it. It's probably the only helpful way that they're spying yeah, on you. Exactly. So, yeah, download the app, fill out their little brochure, and you will have a family emergency plan done. You can cross it off your list. Okay. That's this week. This week. This week. Fill out your family okay. emergency plan. Question. So when you're filling out your family emergency plan, yes. like let's let's use me as an example. I'm thinking of myself. Myself. I'm a yeah, selfish person. You are a one-person family. I'm a one-person family here. Uh, do I include like okay, if this is a exiting the city, am I going to merge my plan with your plan? It's possible. That yeah. depends on each person, right? Right. But if you've got to leave the city... You should probably have someone looking out for you to know if you're missing or not. Absolutely. In fact, a thing that they tell you on the the sheet, but it's a good tip in general, is you should... Everyone in your family should have a point person who lives outside of your general, like, region that you should be contacting in the case of emergency. Because what often happens is, in the event of emergency, the local phone lines get flooded. Mm, But you can call out. But you can often call outside of the area. How far do you think that area? I guess it would depend on the situation. Like if we're in Sacramento, does is Davis far enough? I would say probably not Davis, but maybe San Francisco. Certainly maybe L.A. Um, okay. But just have a, or you know, if you have a family member on the other side of the country or something, because it doesn't matter how. I mean, a phone call is a phone call, right? Uh-huh. But uh, they also say text instead of call because oftentimes the phone lines will be jammed up and phone calls won't go through, but texts might. Mm-hmm. But if you had a, a essentially a, a relay that was outside of the disaster zone, so let's say there was a flood in Sacramento and my family got separated and I don't know where sh- my wife is, right? I could call or text this person who's, let's say, in Boise, Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Be like, I'm safe. I'm at, you know, the Citrus Heights Refugee it's Center. Surely okay. You know? And then and they I would have, have that information. And I have Marilyn and Alex with me. Yeah. And then she could contact them or vice versa, and I would get that information from them. You'd have a, a, mm-hmm. a, a, an off-site person who can control all the information. Okay. And that's, that's in the plan here, and that's a really smart idea. I didn't think of that when I was, you know, thinking of my own plans. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, super smart. Have a person outside the area who will essentially be able to relay that information back and forth. And even know if you're missing, too. Yeah, Exactly. And that way they know if someone's checked in or not. And the kids can contact that person as well. Like, let's say I couldn't find, you know, my daughter. I was like, you know, I don't have her. And my wife's like, I don't have her either. And But she's contacted 
Or I have contact. I have Marilyn. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Somebody's. Oh, okay. So she's. We, we've got that figured out, and we can coordinate. So we do want to have an outside person who is connected to even your, uh, you know, non-direct immediate family. So yeah, rent, friends and me, family, you, however you want to do it. That kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, print it out. Fill out that plan. It is free. Well, I mean, I guess it's the cost of printing paper. Maybe do it on your work paper. No, yeah. don't steal from work. Uh, no, definitely steal from work. Are we really not encouraging? I, do not steal from your do employer. Do not yeah. steal from your employer. Time we owe theft them loyalty. is a huge deal. Oh my God, I had to sit through a meeting about time theft <laughs> in the last year. I, I could almost not take it. So please don't use company time to print and fill out this thing that would be a very bad idea that would be and really morally wrong mm -hmm. to basically be stealing from this company who pays you i'm sure reasonably well considering yes. how much the owner of the company is so making. either way print it out fill it out boom roasted two weeks of stuff done you made your list last week you made this emergency that's plan pretty this prepared. week. I got to say, like, that's pretty prepared. If that's all you get done, is that not the... That's pretty good. In a week, that's not bad. Seven days, you fill out this form. And then talk about it. You got to talk about it with your family, right? So sit down with everybody in your little group. Write it down. Talk make sure they it. all have copies of it. Talk about the plan. And then periodically go back over the plan if something has changed. Right. But, Update. Yeah. There should be an incentive when you meet with your family, though. This should be pizza night. It should be something so people want to show up. Yeah, good idea. You, mandatory pizza night. Turn it into somebody's birthday. The worst <laughs> birthday. <laughs> well, we'll just piggyback on your birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're all going to be here anyways. That's the perfect time. Except for our brother who missed our dad's birthday party. By week. the way. Yeah, by the way. We're going to call him out here. Which is great. Yeah. Considering Brent is supposed to be the good one. Yeah. We made it to the party, though. Sure. Remember you even brought cake. I even... Yeah. Yeah. Really good cake. Really good cake. I'm just going to shout it at Freeport Bakery. Best bakery in Sacramento. They are definitely advertising on this podcast. So They're going to have to now. I got to yeah. say. That I feel like that's how it works. We we mention a thing and then they pay They're us. Definitely. Is that how, that how advertising works? That's how it works. Yeah. I think so. Uh, the lemon cooler cake. Listen, I love chocolate to death. But lemon cooler cake at Freeport Bakery is truly God's gift. All right. So. Last week, we made a list. This week, we made our plan. Next week, we get started in water prep. Oh, so we're actually... We got to go back to that list from the week ago. <gasps> When's the dollar so if you store? If, <laughs> if you did not make your list last week... Now's the time. You still have till next week. So why are you looking at me like that? Like I didn't make my list. Yeah, I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything here. I was I too vague in my description? It was a little suspicious. <laughs> it was a little suspicious. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody. That was this week's episode. Uh, you can find us at Heating Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at heatinguppodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or our website, which is www.heatinguppodcast.com. Don't forget the www's or the .com. I mean, or you just Google it. Google it. Heating Up Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're there. You can get all of our episodes there. We'll have links to the show notes and some of the stuff we mentioned in here, including this FEMA website, the, the emergency plan, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, go to our uh, website, like us, review, subscribe, do all the things. Thanks, everybody. Make uh, that list. Yeah, make that list. Next week, water. <laughs> water. All right. All right. Boom roasted. Boom roasted. Boom roasted.